Hi, and welcome to Syrup Shots Gaming. I'm Tyler, and with me is Chris. What's up? How goes it, Big Papa? Oh, it goes. It goes. Life is uh, busy. Always. Time, time is a flat circle. Is that because of At baby, least... COVID, or other? <laughs> All of the above. All, All of the above. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. Each week we try to gather around here just talking about what we've been playing and different things in the video game uh, news stratosphere and our different takes on them. Uh, so today what we're going to do is go over Acquisition Fever because it's caught on like Donkey Kong. And everyone's losing their quarters. So, but before we get into that, what have you been playing? I have been playing Persona 5 Strikers. Ooh, tell it's me about my, it. Um, <clears throat> it's my first Muso that, well, that's not true. I tried to play, I think, Dynasty Warriors back in the day. It's the first Muso that I have played and enjoyed. Ah, okay. <laughs> and I think it's just largely because I really love Persona 5. And this still has all of the trappings of a Persona 5 game, just with, you know, instead of fighting, you know, a handful of, um, you know, monsters at a time, there's a whole bunch of them. <clears throat> I got gotcha. But a lot of the same things that you would care about in a Persona game are still going to be at play, such as, you know, weaknesses to various different types of elements. Um, you still are collecting Persona as Joker. So... There's still that component to the game and but is there relationships the social sim piece is what is definitely missing <clears throat> that's gonna that's gonna upset a lot of people yeah but at the same time it's not a core game it is technically a spin-off so that is true that is true uh but you're enjoying it I like it. Um, the, the story seems pretty good. Um, I mean, I, I like the characters of Persona 5, and it feels like another opportunity to kind of hang out with them. And, you know, um, the game is fun. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, for me, there's two games I've been playing. Uh, one I will not spend much time on because I plan on putting together a full video review on it, which is Pokemon okay. Legends Arceus. Arceus. It's Arceus. That's the official name. Because if it wasn't Arceus, then you would have, and it was Arceus, you'd have an arse phone in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. So it's definitely Arceus. Um, long story short, absolutely love it. Is it perfect? No, but is it one of the breathest, uh, freshest breaths of uh, air in Pokemon in a long, 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 long time? Thousand percent. But what I want to talk about right now is I finally got my hands on my PS5. Oh. And, and it, it is, oof, it is sexy. It is. Well, look. Like, do you like that DualSense controller? I do like the DualSense yeah. controller. Um, yeah. What I don't like was the setup getting all my games on there and getting all my save data transferred. Okay. Uh, case in point, I re-downloaded Avengers. Or, oh, so yeah. More specifically, I have the disc copy of Avengers for the PS4. Sure, sure, yeah. Some games, the transfer capability, the save transfer capability sucked. Um, I thankfully had the digital version of Avengers, so I didn't have to worry about that. Makes it a lot um, easier in that case, yeah. The one that really sucked 
was Final Fantasy VII Remake. I wanted the free upgrade. Uh-huh. Um, as as a someone who actually owned the game, I didn't you know just get it from like PlayStation Plus or something. But I actually had to go install the PS4 version back on my PS4 game, upload the save to the cloud. Uh, and then I could use my save um, on my PS5. I had to do that with Avengers. I had yeah. to download the PS4 version, download the PS5 version, while they're both on there, upload the save file from the PS4 version, and pray to all the gods that it didn't get... I had to I had to boot my PlayStation to save mode to clear out the cache to make Avengers run on the That's PS5. Sucks. Yeah, it, it is... Yeah. So the thing that to add further complaint to to my my Final Fantasy 7 remake story if you recall the PS4 version of the game comes with two discs the game disc and the data disc the data disc you threw in there you installed the game onto the the PS4 hard drive and, and then you never need, you never needed it again right well because i had actually deleted the game from my ps4 uh because i had finished it right i didn't know i was actually going to go back and play it i had to go find where the heck i put that game disc was. Oh. Uh, the data disc right this so is that what... was the, th- that was fun i will say that they have improved the process but it's only with later games that they did um so the um if, if you go play jedi fallen order or ghost of tsushima and you have a ps4 save it's literally just hey, let's go gra- let's let's just go grab it. You don't have to do anything special. Just you know, uh, if, you, if you bought. <clears throat> I was going to say, I bet you Mark Cerny is working day and night just to figure out how to emulate what Xbox Series X is doing with their backwards compatibility in terms of whatever version you have, you have the best version. Now, supposedly. Mark Cerny's actually working with Haven Studios as a consultant right now. That's, Haven that's, Studio. That's, Haven Studio. Refresh my memory. That's the, that's the Jade Raymond, Jade Raymond uh, studio up in Montreal. Okay. You're supposed to be working on some game that has live service elements. She's originally from, you know, Ubisoft and she's a producer, so she doesn't, you know. Not, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but she's not necessarily the creative on the team. She's the head of the studio, right? She's mm-hmm. the one that makes sure that they they stay on track and, you know, yeah, their their pipeline is is working efficiently. But because of that, you don't can't really base off of any of the games that she's worked on before that this is going to be like that. I mean, yeah, she's has experience like Rainbow Six and Assassin's Creed and. The new game might be like that because that's probably who she's got talent from. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably pretty easy to get talent from Ubisoft these days, with uh, all of the you know issues and transgressions that that whole company has had. I mean, it's it's not to the state of like what Activision Blizzard was dealing with. However, um, are you, are it's you still sure? Pretty bad. Are you sure about it's still that? Still pretty bad. Because <laughs> it's still. I mean, at, at least it. From the way that the, it was treated around in the news, it, it seemed as if a, a Blizzard King, you know, Activision Blizzard King was worse, but who knows, right? It is a different country. 
right? Yeah. Um, Ubisoft is largely in in France and in Canada, uh, and they have other studios around the world too, but they don't really have a, an American presence, so we're probably not going to hear it necessarily in American news. Uh, did you see the uh, the, the breaking news from Jason Schreier today on Ubisoft? Mm-mm. Uh, Is it about NFTs and? Yep. Uh, where they leaked the internal message boards, where someone at Ubisoft uh, uh, anonymously told Jason Schreier, "This actually put more faith in him as Ubisoft because he saw everyone come together for the first time on the message boards with one common voice saying no." No FNFTs. Good. Yes. Good. I uh, mean, and it, then it's a, it's a trend in gaming that I, I mean I don't think we as gamers should want. <clears throat> I have I have yet to hear a good reason why it's worthwhile. I have yet to hear a compelling reason for it besides artificial uh, rarity. Sure, it's a way way to create scarcity and. That the only positive argument you ever hear from people is like, well, it's a way for you to like own a digital piece of content. I was like, yeah, but what does ownership mean of a digital piece of content if other people can enjoy it? They just don't technically own it. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, the closest I've heard is it's a way to benefit the creators where every time it's changed ownership, they get a piece of the profits. I, that yeah. is that is the closest I've heard, but does that offset all of the harm to the uh, environment with uh, processing those blockchains? Does it, uh, you know, it is it worthwhile? Because, I mean, you show the thing on TV, I'm going to take a screenshot of it. Boom, I've got it too. <laughs> yeah. So I I'm just not personally. I. I my fear is they're going to take this as the new skins where if you want to really show off like hey i was first day raid at destiny 7 or whatever it is i mean they can do that and honestly they make so much money for microtransactions these days and and i mean i use they as like a plural they as in like every video game developer publisher platform holders making buku bucks from games that are laden with with microtransactions there's a lot of money in that and uh, we've had this conversation before where i'm not against microtransactions as long as they're done ethically uh there's a there's a big difference between you know i want to buy a skin versus i'm going to buy a loot box sure sure no because that's gambling yeah right? and we don't we've agreed before we don't need to necessarily go into detail here today but you know pay to win is is no bueno, right? No es bueno. Um, but. but let's go back to the me playing the PlayStation 5 here, because I don't want to be all dour on it, because I do enjoy it. I am actually mm-hmm. playing uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I had, Have you? Okay. Yeah, I, I started it before, uh, but put it down in the past because I knew that I was going to get a PS5 eventually. And mm-hmm. boy, boy, that 60 FPS. Oh, it is just <laughs> like butter. It is. Yeah. Oh. My my performance eyes... mode, man. Oh. Yeah. Oh well. Uh... So I was ahead. just gonna say it, it's amazing how much it's it's changed. You know, at least like my perspective, because that's how I play games these days. I never played with the performance modes in the past, right? And you know, I would be like a defender of well, thirty FPS is just fine. 
and and now the with wrong yeah we have the technology right and um it does make a huge difference it really does especially if you could especially if it's a stable frame rate i mean if you can hit 60 and not hold it then you know probably don't bother right right um but if you can hold it at a steady 60 frames which most games on the the new hardware from what i understand i mean they, they can definitely do it we're not really pushing these boxes to their limit yet right and i did look into the eyes of god i downloaded destiny 2 on my ps5 <laughs> and i loaded up the crucible huh? where its performance mode on the ps5 1080p 120 frames a second oh wow that's awesome oh Especially for an online game right yes yes it is yeah. it, it was gorgeous i got my right. butt kicked don't don't get me wrong but it is absolutely gorgeous and right. uh, uh i look forward to uh jumping into the uh the witch queen when it comes out sure a, a sony game now it is i'm going to I think I'm going to buy it on oh that that's a whole other thing here where I am really contemplating right now cuz I found a mod for the DualSense controller. Oh, really? Okay. Where no soldering is required. All it requires is screwdrivers. Are you going to put paddles on it? I am seriously thinking about putting paddles on it. <laughs> because why it doesn't have paddles or why they didn't release back paddles like they did for the DualShock 4. Is... I don't know why they didn't. That that whole accessory, because that accessory they made for the DualShock 4 Amazing. came, well, it came so late in the life cycle, number one. And then when they released what the DualSense was actually going to be, I'm like, well, are you planning on making an accessory for this one, too? Well, and... What's, what's the worst? Because I haven't. I... I'm gonna press. I don't think I don't think you can use the 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 the, the what what is it called for the PS4? Is it the, the DualShock back, 4? The back button. Back button is that what it's called? They didn't, didn't. That's not that's not compatible with the the new DualSense controller. It is not, and for reasons beyond my grasp, you can't use a DualShock 4 on a PS5 for a PS5 game. No, you cannot. You can. This is the funny part. You can use it to play PS4 games on your PS5. You can use it to play PS4 games on your PS5. You can also use it to remote play from an iPad or a PC your PS5 yeah, games. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a, it's a Sony restriction. Yeah, they, it, they they want you using a DualSense controller for the new games. No, no, they want us to buy an additional DualSense oh, controller. Yeah. That it's it's yeah. it's money. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's not that the the hardware is clearly capable of it. Yeah, and um, and they could say, well, we just want to make sure that everyone has having the best experience. The best experience for me is back buttons. The adaptive triggers, though very nice, very um, nice. Don't do dilly squat for me if I don't have those back buttons where I can do both analog sticks and jump at the same time. And I'm not right. a bumper jumper. I, I do not have the dexterity for that. Uh, I work a nine to five working on a computer. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Well, we we shall see how things go. I mean, um, I love the DualSense controller. I think it's a a great controller for single player games. I don't know if multiplayer games or, or, or people that play largely multiplayer on their PlayStation are really going to care about the haptics 
Maybe 3D audio can give you benefit, but that has nothing to do with the controller, right? No. Um, um, the only thing would be just the uh, the spatial audio, the 3D audio through the headphone jack. But that's again, that's more processing on the on the PlayStation then, side. And then from like the pressure sensitive triggers, from what I understand, most people who play like Call of Duty or or other you know, like you know, multiplayer shooters, like you're probably turning that stuff off for Dennis for Destiny if it's even there. I didn't really pay attention that much. I was more paying attention to... I didn't get to play much thus far. I just basically okay. jumped in to kind of try it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember an article, I believe it was... I forget where it was from, but where people playing Fortnite hated it because it slows down their shots. Yeah. So now, It's a problem for competitive play. Does it, Is there an argue or argument for, for making it more you know realistic feeling? Sure, but... I don't know if you really care about that kind of atmosphere when you know well, you're playing and it's, a, and it's so play, playing a, a a multi-platform game like a Fortnite or Destiny or Call of Duty, whatever it is, right? You're playing against people that that are on to, on other systems, right? Where they're not using stuff like that. Well, and it's so funny too because you could actually use the adaptive triggers to make it more competitive. Uh, um, I'm going to use my. Um, 8-bit to controller as an example here, okay? So I've sure. got my triggers here, right? Gotta press it all the way down to get the full fire, right? If the adaptive triggers adapted to stop just at a tiny bit, it's less for my finger to travel. Faster shots, faster aiming. Okay. That'd so, be interesting. Maybe, maybe there'll be a firmware patch in the future where you can adjust that stuff. Remap the uh, how the adjustable triggers work. I, yeah, cool. I I think it would have to be on the the game side for the most part, but yeah, I would love to see someone really well, dive into that. It probably would have to be done from both sides. I think they'd have yeah. to open that up to the devs, right? And maybe that's just in the dev kit, right? But... <clears throat> so yeah, that's that is what I want. And I still love my PlayStation Five. I'm gonna play a lot of it, uh, but those are just kind of some of my initial thoughts with it. Sure, sure. So let's talk about I'm something. Excited for you. Yeah, I'm yeah. very excited. So let's get into something that's that's exciting. The acquisition games begun. <laughs> the acquisition war has. Yeah, it is a it's a it's a content war, yeah. as as the as some people say. As the kids would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I it's definitely a a content war. Um, so let's just kind of break it down a little bit here some of the big things that have happened here so you had last year microsoft buying bethesda after you know the year before that or two they bought double fine uh where they bought uh obsidian mm -hmm. was it double I fine mean, been... they yeah they i don't remember when they bought double fine but yeah they they own double fine that's who makes psychonauts right that, yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then they bought obsidian um which was interesting because that was prior to um, Bethesda. They were already mid. Yeah, there it was prior to Bethesda, and um, it was while they were mid development on Outer Worlds. So Outer Worlds wasn't actually even published by Microsoft. Mm -hmm. It still went everywhere. <clears throat> so, and interesting that you mentioned all these, but with In Exile, um, Obsidian. And Bethesda Game Studios, Microsoft now has completed the Fallout trifecta. 
and now owns every developer that's ever made a Fallout game. I I just I just want I want Obsidian to make uh New Vegas too. That's what I want. I mean, they technically can. They technically can. I don't know if I don't know if they will. And and that's I mean, while we're talking about acquisition acquisitions, that is something that um one of the positives that can potentially come out of this, and that's one of the things a lot of people have been kind of pointing to, and it's possible. Um, we'll see what Microsoft does with the, uh, you know, some of the acquisitions that they've made. Um, you didn't mention Activision Blizzard King yet, did you? I hadn't, I hadn't got to that. So let's let's kind of broadly finish this up here real yeah, fast here. Finish it up. So yep. uh, the other big ones is the big one this year, the seventy billion dollar uh, jackpot, Activision Blizzard, uh, being bought by Microsoft. <laughs> this still cracks me up there. Where, uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Head of Microsoft. Uh, oh, um, the CEO of Microsoft? Uh, of no, of uh, Xbox. Um, oh, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer, where he's like, "Hey, we're gonna really assess our relationship with uh, with them after all that. this." And <laughs> by assessing that the relationship, dude knew when he made that statement. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, so we can look at that now. But he knew. Oh yeah, they were going to buy that company, and that they were oh, yeah. really close talks to finishing the deal. Oh yeah, they just couldn't say anything yet. A, a thousand percent, <laughs> a thousand. He knew, and that was that mm -hmm. was a great move on his behalf. Great move. Yeah. Um, and now we have on Sony's side that after they bought um, oh, I am blanking on a company name. Oh, now. so I can I could probably help you out. So last year they went on an acquisition spree themselves. They uh, acquired uh, Housemark, the developer of Returnal. Yep. They acquired Nix's software to help them with their PC porting because, as Jim Ryan himself has said, PlayStation is going, quote, multi-platform, whatever that means. Um, we just saw God of War release on PC this uh, last month. Um, mm -hmm. And there's the Uncharted uh, Thieves collection, which is also coming to PC Sometimes. uh mlb the show coming to the nintendo switch being cross-play with and xbox and sony and it's day one on game pass <clears throat> yeah so yeah some crazy stuff there um they also bought blue point which is the mm -hmm. um remake uh super studio that that's done remakes like shadow of the colossus most recently demon souls um for ps5 yeah the the one i was thinking of was uh and this was a while back now but insomniac I think in the Insomniac oh, yeah. purchase is really what kind of started the fire of all this. Maybe. I mean, at that point, you know, Microsoft was already acquiring other studios. Yeah. Um, it, but it, it was, um, I mean, up until uh, the acquisition of, uh, of, um, of Bungie, that I think actually was Sony's biggest uh, acquisition deal. And it's, I mean, it's a huge difference. I think they spent... Uh, I, I'm not even gonna throw a number out there. I don't have it off the top. I of my think head, it was it was billion for for Bungie. That yeah. one I know. the The acquisition for for Insomniac was something million. It was not a yeah. billion dollar acquisition. Right. <laughs> it's paid off for sure. I oh mean, yeah, we've seen um you know Spider Man, Spider -Man Ratchet Miles Clank. Morales, Ratchet Clank. They're making um, a Wolverine game now. I mean, they're arguably one of Sony's most productive studios. 
um, that they have. They can't stop. They won't stop. They don't even know how to stop. Yep. Um, other acquisitions, I still haven't gotten through them all. They bought um, Fire Sprite, and they also bought uh, a Valkyrie? Va uh, uh, some, some Vanguard. It's a studio that's helping God of War the uh, Sony Santa Monica with God of War. Okay. Their support studio. Uh, and Fire Sprite is, um, oddly enough, uh, they're a studio in Liverpool that's ran by a bunch of uh, ex-Sony Liverpool devs. So, you know, the old Wipeout. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so there's a history there. I I'm sure that the um, recently announced Horizon VR game is probably the big reason why Sony purchased them. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, huge list of acquisitions going on left and right here. Really changing the landscape of of the game, you know? Um, That's a lot, you know? Um, I mean, and not not to leave Nintendo out in the cold, but I think they also, didn't they buy the, um, the, what's the name of that studio that makes the uh, Luigi games? Oh, uh, that's not level five, is it? No, it's like Dark Moon or something like that, isn't it? Or High Moon. Uh, I, this. I thought High Moon was part of... Um, Luigi's Mansion. Who makes those games? Wasn't High Moon the one that made the Transformers games? Yeah, then it's not them. Because that's an Activision Blizzard King studio. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They... they um. Our uh, next level games is actually who made that. So I was next level. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> who in the past did a lot of their sports games? Ironically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Nintendo, uh, not so much involved in the acquisition race. Um, no. Recently, their Nintendo. I think the president of Nintendo actually said that they uh, they want their developers to have the quote unquote Nintendo DNA, which I get. You know. Um, they're all coming, all, all of the companies are coming from different places um, in this content war, this acquisition war. Um, I mean, while we're talking about it, but I think part of the driver for a lot of this is, is uh, intellectual property, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we call it a content war. Yep. And um, arguably, I think you could say that Nintendo holds probably the most valuable video game IP in the business and well, they probably don't necessarily feel that they need to not not only are there are problems with you know the fact that they're not as huge as so Sony so fun fact so fun mm -hmm. fact Nintendo actually co-owns the most valuable IP in media period oh Pokemon yep it's yeah. it's worth more than Disney it's worth more than Mickey and all of them it's worth more than I believe it. Yeah. Anything you can think of, it's worth more than. A Pokemon company. But it's not worth... With Nintendo. But it's not worth spending the extra dev time to to make the world look good. Uh, you know what's crazy? I know it's just... We're totally tangenting here. But, yeah. you know, this is, uh, this is what happens when you have basically a fireside chat between two, two, two nerds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, isn't it crazy that Game Freak has basically been the only developer that's ever made a like a mainline Pokemon game? That's insane. It's not insane to me. 
and I will tell you why. Why? <clears throat> because they sell like hotcakes and keeping it with just the small team at Game Freak, they don't have to spend extra money and they get all the money from the games plus all the money from the real money maker merchandising. That's true. It is a uh financial decision through and through. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they really wanted to, just off the cuff here, they could partner with uh, Monolith Soft like uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild did and create a gorgeous world running at 30 frames a second uh, for the new Pokemon okay. game. And Make it sure. would it would have been... I hate saying the word next level, but it would have been next level. It would have... It would have been. I mean, we are both Xenoblade fans, and oh, uh, yeah. really, Monolith Soft knows how to make open-world video games. They were critical for making Breath of the Wild feel op- as open as it was. Yep. So, uh, but that is the end of our tangent here for Pokemon right now. <laughs> yeah. So, lots of acquisitions going around. Nintendo not so much in it right now. I, I believe their president, uh, his exact words or the paraphrasing here was, we're not saying no to acquisitions. It's just not a big game plan for us right now. It, it, we will make acquisitions when it makes sense for us, which means we ain't playing your game. Bye bye. Sure. Sure. Uh, no, I think there's going to be varying degrees, right? And And we've largely seen it work that way. I mean... When Nintendo acquires a company, it's because they have a long-standing relationship with them. And, I mean, they're already making Nintendo games, so it probably doesn't even make big news anyways. Right. And, 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 and historically, I mean, that's how PlayStation's done their acquisitions well, until recently. And it's kind of funny, too, with Nintendo. Some of their biggest games aren't actually developed by Nintendo-owned companies. Uh, Retro Studios is not owned by Nintendo. Mm, interesting. Ne- neither is Game Freak. Well, yeah, I, I knew that one actually. Yeah, but so, the Pokemon is so that's so weird. Like you said, it's 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 a co-owned IP. Mm-hmm. That's why you end up having Nintendo Directs and Pokemon Directs. Yep, where they announce a sleep app and a toothbrushing game for your phone. Mm-hmm. But again, tangent, tangent, acquisitions. So we're seeing a lot of consolidation of the IPs for these different companies. And you're right, IPs right. Are, are one of the biggest reasons why we're seeing these acquisitions. Uh, expertise is another. The big reason for Sony buying Destiny and Bungie is their expertise with games as service games and shooters, because that is not something that Sony is strong at right now, and they want to be. Yeah. I mean that is that is what's profitable right now is so, to... what's crazy is and I mean seeing how we're talking, you know, business and I'm gonna bring up the boring financials, but um I don't remember if it was uh the most recent results of the of the quarter or if it was from last year, but Multi or uh, microtransactions and DLC make up like thirty percent of profits for PlayStation. That's insane, considering they don't make games with them themselves. Yep. That's just them getting a cut from someone buying, you know, uh, Fortnite Battle Pass on a PlayStation. Yeah. It's. So, I mean. Why not own a company that does it, right? 
Yeah, Kyle at the middle. I mean, it, it, and Destiny has been one of the longest standing um, live service game makers. Um, I mean, Destiny somehow survived uh, Bungie breaking out of the contract out of uh with activision right mm -hmm. and then getting into a golden age of storytelling within destiny you would know more about that than me admittedly yeah it it, <laughs> it was it was it's been a golden age uh their storytelling has, has been they've been great about laying the lore out for kind of the hidden things that people want to search for kind of like people find the dark the hidden meetings in the dark souls games but also sure. have a compelling action I mean, main story campaign to be fair, if you're going to get any story out of Dark Souls, you pretty much have to do that. <laughs> yeah, thousand percent. Um, or just watch. And that's okay. Videos. You know, I mean, that's okay, right? I mean, some people are really into the, to the lore in video games, and yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and having that framework that Destiny has in terms of games of service, they have been really smart about how they do that. They, you know, you can go to anywhere in the game for free. You know, have never have to pay anything to go to the planets to have access to the missions to get certain items. That's going to be a season pass, but it's not a, you know, it's it, I think of that more as like um, their season passes are all story based. So I kind of think of that like downloadable content, like an extra chapter to the game. And right. then their individual uh, uh, microtransactions are all cosmetic. There's nothing that improves gameplay gives you currency, anything of that nature. They're all skins for the guns for the players. Or little, you know, emotes or little icons to show from their ghost. And yeah. and, th and that is key. If you're going to have individual microtransactions like that, it cannot impact gameplay. Sure. Sure. Totally on board with that. Yeah. And um, I, I agree with what you said about it being about talent. So Bungie is, I think like 900 plus there's a lot of devs that are over there man they're huge mm -hmm. so yes they only currently make one game currently i that, that that's important too they're because working on sec they're not so working on a second but they haven't released details. we don't know what it is yet however there's no way well I'll, I'll get to that point that's my second point first point that um, they $1.2 billion in the deal is supposedly set aside for retention. So not only did play, did Sony buy Bungie, but they wanted to make sure that people were going to stick around because they didn't want to spend all of this money and, and have to hire more people to replace people because they just got a crap ton of money. <clears throat> and you're actually leading into... Because I feel like we're going to definitely be playing point-counterpoint on the acquisition game here of is it good or is it bad. I'm going to lead to one of the pro-acquisition moves, which is being better for the actual developers. And what I mean by that is developers right now are basically having to find the money and make the game. They have to make concessions yeah. because of financial decisions. If someone were to take that over and that's not a concern for them anymore, that would free them up and give them the capital to do what they want to do. Uh, no, I think there's an argument to be made that both the acquisition of um, Activision Blizzard King and Bungie were good for the developers, but for very different reasons. Yeah, less the... sexual harassment on, this, on the uh, Microsoft side. <laughs> yeah. 
And then from Bungie's standpoint, I mean, it's a heck of a deal. One, they're not actually going to be in the umbrella of PlayStation Studios. They're actually going to be alongside it under Sony Interactive Entertainment, which means they're effectively independent for the most mm-hmm. part. I'm sure that there's probably some checks and balances up at the top from uh, like, yeah, you got to keep making us that, you know, you keep uh, giving us money. You can do whatever the heck you want. <clears throat> but, you know, they're still going to release all of their games everywhere. Um, and they can actually technically be a publisher. So we could see them, you know, if they find some dev that's out there that's a, an indie studio, they could technically fund a game um, under the Bungie publisher umbrella. Yep. But the the other point I was going to make that I started to make before, while well, I was tangenting, was um, this rumored second game that's supposedly a hero shooter that, des- that Bungie's making. I I wouldn't be surprised that Sony execs saw that game, and that was another push for them to 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 seal the deal. I would actually be surprised if Sony saw it, and the only reason I say that is the financial backer for that game is Tencent. I thought it, I thought that um it was NetEase actually, because I know that NetEase made a huge um. Um, investments into Bungie, <clears throat> and um, with 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 Sony buying them, I'm sure NetEase got a you know a swell a return of investment on that deal. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. It is NetEase. My apologies. I mean, to be to be truthful, NetEase, Tencent. I mean, they're both Chinese companies with you know questionable you know aren't they practices and is it and i could be completely wrong with this but aren't one or both of them actually owned by the chinese government uh technically no but but, in practice um, yeah so i i mean while we're talking about mergers and acquisitions and we're just kind of we're just free-flowing going wherever um, Tencent really scares me from a M&A perspective because they are the second largest video game company by revenue, um, which is insane. Um, and it's largely because they've invested into a lot of big companies. Um, they own Riot outright. That's League of Legends. Mm-hmm. They own like 40% of Epic Games, which is crazy. They have like um, a 5 to 10% in Ubisoft. And so they're invested in a lot of different companies. They don't make a lot of video games. I think they have like a mobile mobile game development studio. Might might have a few of them to be truthful. A lot of their money comes from WeChat, and WeChat is like the social media company of China because Facebook you know it's banned. a lot because it's allowed on Chinese internet, right? Yeah. But the thing is, um, and there's um, I wish I'd actually. I forgot to look this up, but there's a really good last week tonight episode that John Oliver did talking about WeChat. Um, and that really opened my eyes to it because WeChat isn't just the Facebook of China. It's everything. Yeah. It's it's how you book a train. It's how you send money to your friends or family. Um, it's how you check in with your friends, friends and family. It's all of our social media and like payment apps and like tourism apps 
all rolled into one. It, it's and and they have no competition. It's a monopoly, mm-hmm. a government-sanctioned monopoly in China, with a billion uh, user base. <clears throat> it's wild. It is. It is very wild. So, yeah, Tencent also scares me. Um, and part of my, that scare comes from Amazon, actually. Okay. So, my big concern is, especially like in the beginning, whenever these acquisitions, they're like, oh, we're going to do these nice things. We're going to do these nice things. Amazon does the same thing. They buy something, oh, we're going to offer it super cheap. In fact, oh, they're offering yeah. it so cheap, like Game Pass, that it undermines everyone else in the market and everyone else drops out. Yeah. And then, and... when there's no competition, start raising prices. It's true. It's it's very true. And, I mean, I mean, it's, it's the other thing that's uh, going to be a reality. Right now, we've only got the one subscription model for, you know, the Netflix of, of games, right, which is Game Pass. But not technically. I mean, there's PlayStation now. It's not really a competitor, though. <laughs> I mean, 25 million user base versus 3 million. It, it's it's. However, Project Spartacus from PlayStation, I think one of the other reasons why they wanted to go out and get Bungie so I, I've lost track of my count of how many reasons I've said at this mm-hmm. point. But another reason is that I bet that after Microsoft sealed the deal with Activision Blizzard King, they probably had some sort of or, or were trying to work out some sort of deal probably to get, you know, Call of Duty or maybe some other big shooter on that platform, whatever it is. And this is all hearsay. I have no, I have no information. Right. Um, but <clears throat> it would not be surprised that also was a contributing factor because I, I wouldn't be, if they put destiny on project Spartacus or whatever the real name is actually going to be, that is going to be a way to bring in all of those followers into their new subscription service. You know what's funny? What's up? You know what's funny? Is up until about a month ago, all of Destiny and all of its DLC was on Game Pass. And now it's not. And now it's not, yeah. Yep. Very true. And uh, I think that's 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 a very strong reality, right? They're not necessarily going, and, and it's a smart pitch. It really is. The, the, the pitch isn't, this is the only place to play. It becomes, this is the best place to play. Mm-hmm. Because then you can still make money on the other platforms if they want to buy the game. And, right? can, and if they want to can... continue to buy all the, the downloadable content, microtransactions. You don't have to take anything away from people. And you're saving face because you're not gatekeeping by keeping people away from the game. Yep. And let's face it, live service games need large user bases to be successful. You want to put it on everything. I think one of the things that's really started to help uh, these games as services really take off is crossplay. I think that has been yeah. the biggest contributor. It makes a big difference. Because it makes sure that there is 
um, people to play. Yeah. Right. You, you multiplayer have... games aren't fun if you're sitting in uh, waiting for a game to start up. That is, uh, I listened to a a Twitch streamer, uh, Maximilian Dude, who's who always talks about the biggest thing that kills a fighting game is lack of community and lack of uh, you know, good netcode, rollback netcode. Because yeah. if you can't yeah. play it well and you don't have the people to play against, it's dead. Similar principle. If you don't have the people, it's dead. Yep. Case in point, Paladin. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. So it's... I think we're kind of getting into a point here where these acquisitions are definitely going to have a lot of short-term benefits for both the developers and the consumers. But I am really concerned about what the long-term is. Because... Yes, you can yeah. say that while uh, while uh, why am I blanking on his name tonight? Head of Microsoft, uh, or oh, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Now, you're, I, I know. you're technically right because his new job title is Microsoft Head of Microsoft Gaming. He's yeah. no longer just the head of Xbox. Yeah. So <laughs> Phil Spencer. I mean, that's all well and good. But Phil Spencer's there. What happens when Phil Spencer gets replaced? Yeah. What happens in the that. future? Where they go, okay, but we want more money. What happens when the honeymoon phase is over and you now have Papa <laughs> Xbox? Yeah. That was the point I was going to get at. Oh, man. I apologize. No, you're it's, good. It, it's, it's, it's late. It's a Saturday night. <laughs> I have a child. I don't always remember things. Now it's in my memory. This is what I was going to say. So the subscription game. Right, we all live in the um, the streaming wars right now, right? There's so many different streaming platforms. It's not just Netflix and Hulu. There's HBO Max. There's Peacock and Paramount Plus and all kinds of crazy stuff out there. What has um, become, you know, kind of painfully obvious about the way that the business works around that is you want to build as much content as possible to keep your user base happy and to encourage more people to come. And then eventually all that investment leads to price increases. I've been a Netflix subscriber for years. Um, when I first started subscribing to Netflix, I think it was like eight bucks a month or something mm -hmm. like that. And you get just see the jump in price we're about to get. It's coming. That's uh, coming. No, I, I just turned on my Netflix yesterday. Uh, we don't pay for the 4K package. We just pay for mm -hmm. that that 1080p one. It's going up to fifteen dollars and some change. Yeah. So the thing that admittedly does help us is that uh, T-Mobile pays for some of my Netflix subscription. Yeah, but then you're paying through it for, through your T-Mobile bill. I know. I know. So there is that. But case in point, it's almost doubled over the years, and you know what? You can say that Game Pass is the best deal in gaming right now, but is it going to continue to be? I mean, competition breeds excellence, and that's the fear, I think, with uh, the con consolidation of the gaming industry. Now, <clears throat> admittedly, um, I don't think that Microsoft and Sony want some of these other big players to jump into the gaming space. And we've already got Facebook here, right? They own, they own what, Meta? 
Oculus. What are they called now? Uh, it's called the, Meta. Uh, it, Meta is the parent company now of Facebook, and they've just called okay. it the Quest Meta, or the Meta Quest. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So does Oculus as a brand still exist, or is I think it... I think they are phasing that out. Okay. Okay. Anyways, so. I mean, they're already here. Amazon has their kind of trashy Luna service, and you know, Google still technically has Stadia, even mm-hmm. though I've heard room I've heard rumors that that's largely getting phased out, and they're going to license the tech out. Fun fact. Of... Fun fact. They've already done that. Do you know? Oh, really? Do you know who one of the first people they've licensed it out to is? Oh, it's this the bike the cycling company, isn't it? I think I heard about that. AT&T. Oh. With with certain plans with with certain plans you can now get Batman Arkham uh, the Arkham games streamable. Oh. Okay. That's lame. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's AT&T. Okay. And they make smart business decisions over there. Yeah, like buying DirecTV. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and then they bought, you know, Time Warner for was a hundred billion or something like that. Yeah, insane, insane amount of money. Um, but to bring it back to to, to video games, right? Um, you know, right now, and we've largely focused on you know Microsoft v, v Sony, but the reality is the 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 space is more complex than that. I mean, we've we mentioned Tencent; they're huge, they're scary. I do not want to see Tencent buy more companies. They recently bought back for Blood developer Turtle, Turtle Rock, Rock. Yep. Which sucks. I don't want them to own them, but they do. Who who bought who bought uh the Rocket League uh developers recently? So Epic bought them. So in, in practice 40% I mean, Tencent Epi- bought. Yeah, yeah, I mean NetEase owns a significant chunk. Um so I, I'm sure that they're a major player in in, in some of Epic's decisions. Um, I, I almost wonder if the uh, the the Sony investment, the two investments they've made into Epic, were to to help you know keep um, Epic control of the company. And because I mean, forty percent of a, an organization is huge. Um, yeah, that has, st- that has impact. Well, and it's a publicly traded company. I mean hostile takeovers are a real thing and um if you can get enough stock you know we could see that that that's the danger of um publicly traded know, companies of public publicly traded companies so certainly don't want epic to be taken over by a chinese national company um that would be awful um but there there's a there's, there's a chance you, you never know <clears throat> yeah um, and, uh, you know, Facebook uh, or the, the meta organization, I mean, they've got their, their foot in the game and they've been buying, you know, studios largely, you know, VR developers. So it doesn't always make headlines because that's mostly where they're playing. But I mean, if, if we're in a content war, yeah. who's well, to stop Facebook from buying a big publisher? Right? I, was try- I was trying to remember the other big uh, acquisition recently. Uh, 2K just bought a Zynga. Oh yeah, that was huge. Mm-hmm. They spent was it like twelve billion dollars for them or something mm-hmm. like that? Getting in the mobile space. Mobile makes money. Um, 
it's the again it's it's the free to play model right you you want to get people to in the game um you want them to keep coming back um and keep spending money it's a very much kind of a nickel and dime type strategy but i mean there's a ton of people with I mobile mean, phones out there there's I mean, some people and it may be nickel and dime me for some people but it also gets the whales i cannot i mean there have been stories about how there's some uh, Fire Emblem uh, uh, heroes uh, players for the mobile game who have spent mm -hmm. millions of dollars by themselves on that game. Which is insane to me. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, one thing I did want to bring up since we've been talking about this, and we've been talking about mergers and acquisitions for quite some time. I mean, admittedly, uh, I'm largely a single player game. <clears throat> like a single player gamer meaning that uh i think that a lot of these acquisitions are largely geared towards especially with i mean playstation straight up said that you know they're they're building out 10 live service games by 2026 bungie is clearly a core part of that strategy i think if they're going to buy other developers or publishers in the future I think that it's probably going to be in line with that strategy. Now, from a Microsoft standpoint, they're largely buying companies to fill their service with content. Mm -hmm. And so that could be anything. Game Pass in this situation is the live service. Yep. thousand percent. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't think that there's really going to be a decline in the single-player game. And my... no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that there is, right? I, I, what I'm. I guess I'm saying is that um, it doesn't necessarily impact me mm -hmm. in, in so much ways, uh, other than the fact that you know, um, if Microsoft chooses to, with what they've bought, they can take because they've bought publishers in Bethesda and in Activision Blizzard King, they can make some of those games. Uh, exclusive to their platform, like they've done with Starfield. They've already said that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't think that players. I mean, maybe if the next Fallout comes comes multi-platform. Maybe they have said that they're gonna keep bringing Call of Duty everywhere. Recently. Uh, I I have theories on that, and my theory on that is, I don't think that they wanted to do that. I think there was enough concern and enough backlash that to, for publicity's sake, they had to keep that going on other consoles, at least for now. I think they had yeah. to put consumers at ease, which would well, then... I don't, I don't think it's just, it's just consumers. So recently what's come out <clears throat> um, is that the Federal Trade Commission is going to be reviewing the deal, mm -hmm. which is... Not to say unusual, but it hasn't been the recent precedent. Typically, it's handled by the Department of Justice, which basically means, I mean, if unless you've committed a crime, it gets you know rubber stamped, right? Federal Trade Commission is largely the group that's going to be looking at competition, and they publicly said that they're looking at what the potential harm could be for consumers. That's why consumers' voice matters in this situation. Yeah. Um, also. I don't know if this is necessarily related, but it could provide some context. But I mean, you know, recently to add, I guess, fuel to the fire in some respect, it's kind of video game related, but NVIDIA's acquisition of ARM failed. 
it didn't actually go through. Oh, really? Yes. <clears throat> so I'm not saying that the, the purchase of Activision Blizzard King isn't going to go through. I think that honestly, um, if Disney I mean, if buys Disney, Fox, if this, if Disney can buy Fox, which I mean, but prior to the purchase of Fox, there were only six major film studios in the entire world. And now there are five. So if that can go through and be approved, I don't see why Microsoft can't buy Activision Blizzard King, but I do agree with you that they do need to make nice now. And they do have contractual obligations to uphold. Yes. Wouldn't surprise me that PlayStation has some sort of deal for Call of Duty for probably the next couple of years. How long that is, we don't know. That's not in the public's purview. Right. Because I do remember at the beginning of the PS4 era, they made a big ordeal about how they were had an exclusivity with uh, with Call of Duty where they would get uh, maps and things early. It was exclusive maps. And um, and that has continued for, for, for a while. I don't know if it's with every game, but um, what's hilarious about it was it was never full exclusivity. It was for a year. Thing is, Call of Duty is a yearly release. Most COD players are only playing that new game for a year until the next one comes out. Mm-hmm. So the year, the, the year of exclusivity was might as well have been for forever for most players. Yeah. Funny fact, when uh, Activision uh, Blizzard was kind of co-owning uh, Destiny, uh, mm-hmm. they had a partnership with Sony as well, where you would have raid or not raids, uh, strikes that had one-year exclusivity on PlayStation. Uh, and and then, um, that you know the that's where the, a lot of the kind of I guess some of the humor in, in this comes in is the fact that Activision Blizzard owns. Um, what used to be Sony mascots in Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon from the back in the PlayStation 1 days. Yep. And they've traditionally had pretty good relationship with PlayStation, like you were saying, with like the Call of Duty relationship, where, you know, for the whole PS4 generation, they made it seem as if it was a PlayStation game without it actually being a PlayStation game. And the same was true for, for Destiny in some respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the big things that really got the PS4 going was it made a lot of those partnerships. So like, like you said earlier, it's not that it's exclusive to here. It's just the best here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yep. and I think making that consumer friendly base is what really skyrocketed the PS4. Yeah. Well, that and the Kinect sunk the Xbox uh, one when it launched. True, and I mean, admittedly, PlayStation did a really good job of uh, investing in their studios over the lifetime of PS4, um, and that's how we saw a new IP come out of them, like Horizon, which we're getting a sequel here shortly. We've got Ghost of Tsushima. We got, you know, a Spider-Man game made by Insomniac. I mean, there's a, a lot of great games that PlayStation put out over the PS4. They didn't come early. Bloodborne, that's a PlayStation-owned. Yeah. IP. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's kind of crazy to think that at, at some point, um, you know, from software could have been, you know, a, a very um, exclusive team. I'm sure that, you know, before they got big, you know, PlayStation probably could have acquired. I, I feel like they're one of the studios that that they let get away 
I mean, they didn't even bring Demon Souls to the United States. Atlas published Demon Souls yep. in the United States originally. And PlayStation funded that game in Japan. <laughs> it's 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 i i do think that it there's still some cases of it but i really start to think they're starting to let it down like this is okay for japan but not for america or other countries releases i think that that curtain is finally coming down like no games are games yeah true i mean look at um oh geez what's the alive live alive no no no, not live alive um what's the the live service game where you can there's an Aloy skin and uh, it looks like Breath of the Wild. Oh, are you talking about Genshin Impact? Genshin Impact. That's a, that 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 game is. Uh, I mean, it looks like an, an anime game, right? But it's <clears throat> it, it's huge. Yeah. And um, it's How... that's that's actually uh, it's I think it's PlayStation and PC only. Uh, and, and is there a mobile version? iPhone and Android. Yeah. So, but it's not on Xbox, from what I understand. No. Now, I have issues with Genshin Impact, uh, mainly because of their microtransactions. They are loot box. Are they? Okay. And it gets characters and how they play. So it impacts your gameplay. Mm, That sucks. Yep. And they don't have options to individually buy characters. There's no, like, well, you can do the loot box, or you can pay a little bit more to direct buy. They don't have that option. Sure. sure. And I know we haven't talked about Nintendo a lot, but it's um, one of their biggest IPs these days is Fire Emblem, which is super anime, man. Yep. So, yeah, no. um, Yeah, there's there's definitely been um, a change from in, in global tastes, right? You know. There was games that were considered to be, oh, this is too Japanese. We don't, we it, it won't sell other, you know, elsewhere. I don't think that that's really the case anymore. <clears throat> no. Interesting stuff with these acquisitions. So, what I'd like to end on tonight is just a simple question of, who do you think's next? Who's the mm. next on the chopping block? So prediction time. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to separate um, from from dev and publisher because I do think that there will be differences there. Um, truthfully, from um, a, a dev standpoint, let's see. Oh, oh, I, I've got a quick easy one. I think that Nintendo will buy Mercury Steam. <clears throat> Why? Metroid. Uh, yeah. Metroid Dread. I mean, they've done two great games for them. What I'm not going to tell you. I mean, they move so slow when it comes to these things. It could be this year. It, it could be the next two, three years for all I know. I think they're going to get an exclusivity contract, but I don't think they're going to outright buy them. I think they're going to go the retro route with them. They could. They could. Interesting. Uh, uh, and especially since there are still some questionable aspects because Mercury Steam is also the ones who made that terrible... Uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. Yeah, but you know what? They definitely have proven they know how to make a Metroidvania. Oh, absolutely. Uh, between <laughs> those and didn't they do Bloodstained as well? Mm-hmm, yeah, did. yeah. So they definitely oh. know how to do that. And can I just say that this renaissance of Metroidvanias and 2D platformers, it's just been fantastic. It is nice. 
What's interesting is that um, I don't think you can say it's a retro game anymore. No, it's... Uh, yeah, I it, mean, we have new games coming out there, Metroidvanias. Yeah. It's just a different style, They're st and they're popular. 100%. So yeah, I, I can see that one being a possibility. Um, for me... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I mean, I have others. Okay, um, yeah, go if, for another one. Sure. Um, let's see. From a uh... oh jeez oh that that was my my one quick and easy developer one mm -hmm. um from a, a publisher standpoint and I don't think it's going to happen necessarily um soon but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh an ubisoft acquisition at some point um just because of how uh how they run their company yeah yeah i could definitely see that uh, i could definitely see that if we're going to go based on publishers i've been trying to think of like connecting the dots here the one that makes most sense to me right now is capcom by sony and i could see that and, so I, I know a lot of uh, i'll yeah you you Put your rationale, and I'll, I'll I'll comment. Go ahead. So the biggest connection dot for that for me is Sony's purchase of Evo. They're wanting to invest in the fighting game community. Oh 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 yeah. yeah. And Street Fighter Five, though we had a bumpy start there, Capcom is still the synonymous name with two D fighters as the king. I mean, if you think back on some <clears> of the <throat> classics, the Marvel versus Capcom games. Uh, Capcom vs. SNK, all the Street Fighter games. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike is still considered one of the best fighting games, period. Yeah. And I think they could really go hard into that uh, and uh, combine the Capcom Cup with Evo to just make a year-long series of things to make them money and get a new marketing arm of their gaming industry. No, I think the fighting game connection makes sense. Um, the other things that I think that Sony PlayStation would find attractive is the fact that um, Capcom makes Monster Hunter. And, um, I mean, you very well would make Monster Hunter into a live service style of game. I don't know if... It all depends on how, um, and, and they could. I don't they know could. if they will, but they could. And it's huge. It's the it's Capcom's best selling game that they make. It's yeah. the best selling franchise that they make. Yeah. And they own, you know, Street Fighter. They own Resident Evil, which is the most popular horror franchise in video games. So I mean, it could make a lot of sense. I don't think that Capcom would be cheap. I don't think it'd be cheap either, but I think if you're trying to play the long game, I think those IP, in conjunction with the games and service route they're wanting to go, in conjunction with yeah. the fighting game uh, community they're wanting to connect with, uh, yeah. I think that's a I, smart move. Yeah. However, that said, oddly enough, I did do some a bit of research. Capcom isn't one of the big three video game companies in japan beyond besides sony and nintendo oddly enough the big three i will tell you <clears throat> are um 
Bandai Namco, mm -hmm. Sega, and Square Enix. Capcom is not on that list. So they arguably wouldn't be as expensive as one of those other three, I guess. But they're still probably worth more than three point six billion dollars. Oh no, that's a wouldn't, that's that's a double digit one. I think. I think it's like. 10 I wouldn't be surprised that they're more expensive than Bethesda. I think we'll look back on that deal. At the time, we thought it was super expensive. And it's but gonna be a deal. In retrospect, I think that we'll we'll realize, holy crap, Microsoft paid nothing for that. Yep. Considering what they got. Considering yeah. what they got. No, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Capcom were to sell. And the thing is, video games are super big right now. It's a huge money-making machine. Um, when Microsoft paid for Activision Blizzard, um, they paid, I think, like 30% of... Um, now, what complicates this is the fact that, you know, because of all the stupid crap Activision been doing um, and all of the walkouts and the, the fact that their company, they had, you know, the subsidiaries were, their workers were forming unions... Um, their stock price had dropped thirty percent. Yep. So when we say, when I say that they paid thirty percent above their actual like, price of their stock, it was to match it before it took the huge dive. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I don't think that <clears throat> any of these other uh, big publishers are going to. Uh, they the the price is only going to keep going up. I I concur. I think that's. I think it's going to get pricier and pricier, and the more and more competition that's gone, it's going to raise the value of the ones that remain. Yeah, and I mean the the other thing I was I was going to say is I mean, you know, I can't help that there there is a, a bit of um, th there's a lot of fanboyism that can happen in this conversation, right? I mean, we've been talking about content war, and I've I've been kind of you know. You know, keeping a lot of that stuff down. I mean, mm -hmm. when the when I first heard the news about the the ABK uh, purchase, you know, that one hit me hit me in the chest because like, oh no, there's all that stuff that's gonna be stuck on Microsoft platforms, um, <clears throat> and I largely play on a PlayStation. <laughs> with with uh, my my Switch being my my second platform of choice, <clears throat> so. You know, uh, we will see what what happens. Um, you know, uh, you know, video games are are great. They're making a lot of money these days, but it is a business, and uh, I don't think that that the acquisition game has has ended. And oh, that's what I was going to say. Now I remember my point. I think that because Sony is a is a smaller company which is insane to say because mm -hmm. they're a huge company, but they're definitely much smaller than Microsoft. Microsoft's in a league of, of, of their own, yeah. right? I mean, they're the second wealthiest company in the world. Um, I mean, we're talking to, to compete with the kind of cash that they have. You have to be a big company like, you know, the other Amazon. tech giants, right? Yeah. yeah. Which... You know, thank God Amazon doesn't know how to make video games. They've tried. Yeah, I just hope they don't. I, don't, I just hope they don't start looking at Microsoft, going, "Oh, you can just buy them." They, there's nothing to. They, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. Truthfully, that so I do think that 
we're going to see strategic partnerships going forward for a lot of these companies. You know, I think particular Nintendo and, and Sony, just because they don't have the big paychecks. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft is probably going to, I don't know if they'll make another big purchase this year, especially while they're going through, you know, all of the legal work they're going to have to do. I mean, it's to the point where they have to wait till next year for this deal to close. I, I bet you that they have things going in the background with other companies. But they, they aren't. They're not going to announce anything. No, no, not for no. the time being, right? They might announce so, smaller things, but. So basically, I think that leaves us with in 2022, the year of our Lord 2022, I think that we will see Sony buy somebody. Yeah. Who? I don't know. I don't think it will be Square Enix because they're basically already getting their cake and eating it too there. Because mm-hmm. from what I understand, the rumor is is that Final Fantasy is a PlayStation property these days. At least how when they, they did it. At least when they first they, come out, yeah. FF Seven Remake is still not on Xbox. It just got ported to PC. PC. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if. And the other big one is Final Fantasy fourteen, the um, the MMO RPG, which is bigger than War- World of Warcraft these days, because you know, you know, basically with with ba- with Bobby Kotick, they basically ran Blizzard into the ground. Um, I mean, to the point that you know that there's question marks around some of those titles that that they're not only making now, but potentially into the futures microsoft hopefully will be able to fix a lot of those problems but <clears throat> that ff ff14 is only on playstation and pc so that's another big one if we're talking live service games right? yeah I, so square enix is and just from the direct we just watched they're um have great relationships with both nintendo and playstation i don't think that either one of those platform holders is going to make a big deal to to buy them not to mention the fact that square is much bigger than video games apparently yeah i think that's what causes some of the problem there it's true i'm just looking through a list of uh developers here i just want to see if i can think of anyone else that kind of makes sense I have one. So I think that Arc System works for the same reasons that you said earlier for Capcom would make sense for PlayStation to acquire. Because they went out and bought Evo for a reason. Yeah, that's true. I don't know I don't know what it is yet, but I don't know why you'd want to own a fighting game competition and not make a fighting game. Well, and if you think about it, a good chunk of the Evo roster are Arc System work games now. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, the Guilty mm-hmm. Gear series, the Undernight in Birth, uh, the um, oh, what was the name of the other series? Uh, the Blaze Blue series, uh, mm-hmm. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Team Battle, all Arc System work games. Yeah. Um, Another potential possibility, and there's a lot of who knows, but with the Discovery Plus merger of Warner Brothers maybe we could see them offload a non one of the only companies devs that works under Warner Brothers games that doesn't actually make licensed Warner Brothers content i think the only studio that they could actually sell would be another would be another realm oh they are not selling that cash cow 
that is the one that they're going to hold I'm on just, to. I'm just saying, if the price was right, because I don't think any of the other, well, maybe the, the Lego company, they could sell them. Maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, what's, I mean, no offense to, you know, uh, Rocksteady or um, what's the other, uh, the Warner, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But a lot of the other studios under the Warner Brother Games um, uh, umbrella, they make licensed content, right? You're gonna go buy the, the 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 studio that makes Lord of the Rings games. You don't have the Lord of the Rings IP; they're kind of useless. You're gonna go buy the studio that makes you know the Kill the Justice League game without the DC rights. So here's my only concern slash reason why I don't think Netherrealm will be purchased is I don't other than the fact that they make a crap ton of money. <laughs> Besides, they make a crap ton of money. That's usually tied to WB properties. Like WB owns the uh license for uh the Mortal Kombat movies and whatnot. They do like the Injustice games. Mm-hmm. True. However, Netherrealm owns the Mortal Kombat license. So if you That's were to true. buy Netherrealm, you would get Mortal Kombat. <clears throat> you would get the Mortal Kombat. I mean Kombat... And, and, and if and if you didn't, you probably wouldn't buy them. <laughs> right. Uh but there's no way that Warner Brothers is going or Discover or whoever is actually going to be like the the real yeah. like owner, the decision maker at the top, right? Um, I there's no way that they are going to um, let go of the WB um, no. or DC IPs, right? No. The, so that lessens the value of some of those studios, and in in some respect, right? <clears throat> and if you're looking at NetherRealm and you take away the DC factor that helps boost sales. Their games are incredibly expensive to make and oftentimes are not as looked at as fondly in the FGC as the other games. They aren't as complex. They tend to be very 50-50 footsie based. Uh, not a lot yeah. of, you know, that you learn one combo stream and that's the extreme you go to, that there's not a lot of diversity to the games. And if they're investing in Evo and wanting to make a spectacle of things, though I love Mortal Kombat, that's not really the game of Evo. Okay, sure. That's fair. That that would be That's my only that would be my only concern with that. Now, another studio though, besides Capcom, that's smaller. If they're wanting to get into the fighting game thing even more, SNK. I guess that's true. Um, doesn't the Prince of Saudi Arabia own as the SNK developer now? They they have a. If not a large stake, then a controlling stake, yes. But yeah. everything has a price. Everything has a price. <laughs> and right now, uh, reviews are starting to come out for uh, King of Fighters 15, and they're coming out very strong. Uh, okay. Solid Happy gameplay. Yeah. It um, is owned by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Largest shareholder. Yeah. So that that's another smaller fighting game dev that I think could also possibly uh, be on the table. Sure. Plus, you get a lot of legacy IPs with that as well. Mm -hmm. That could... Uh, okay. I remember the other one I was thinking of here that I think would be a big get for anyone. I'm not sure who's going to get them. It might even be Nintendo. This might be one for Nintendo. Okay. Way forward. Who's that? What do they make? They make... The River City Girls games, 
they made uh uh what's the one that just came out uh hold on let me get a list up here because uh, they just make good games hold on okay it's one of those things where i can tell it's getting late here because my brain it's okay it's okay well, there's so many different studios out there. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a Nintendo up uh, to a T here. The Shantae games. Okay. River City Girls. Uh, they made the most recent uh, DuckTales remastered game. Uh, a Boy and His Blob. Uh, let me pull up their website here as well, because I feel like there's something else that was more recent. Okay. Uh, the Switch- question. Yeah question question for you why would um what what's what's the play what um for 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 nintendo if they were to acquire that because you mentioned nintendo why uh, would they acquire them are they do they have the quote-unquote nintendo dna yes do they... i mean okay uh that was the other game i okay i just remembered i believe it was way forward that they just partnered with for advance wars oh that's who's making that? I think so. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, because pretty much to to be acquired by Nintendo, you pretty much have to make Nintendo games. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, made by WayForward. And then that's a real possibility then. Yep. Uh, and their big thing is style. So like in the sure. most recent Direct, they were talking about how they're adding animations and voices to all of the uh, the COs, the commanding officers in that game, that were never mm-hmm. there in the originals. And that's the way forward stamp. The Shantae games have a legacy on the Game Boy Color. They, I mean, that's one of the most expensive games you could ever buy is the Game Boy Color Shantae game. Okay. Uh, um, and okay. it's just known for amazing platforming. If you're talking about a style, and aesthetic, that is a Nintendo look, I think, that they would want to partner up with. Sure, sure. So, um, another potential studio that's out there because there aren't that many independent studios. Do you think that Remedy would be acquired, and by who? So, let's let's look. Let's let's you know. Let's circle back on that one. Okay. Let's talk about history. At one point in time, they had a very close relationship with Microsoft. Alan Wake, uh, Quantum uh, Dreams. Mm-hmm. And they kind of do. The Max Payne. Nowadays, right? With, um, whatchamacallit. They're, they're, they're partnering on some game with Microsoft these days. I forget. Oh, the... Uh, some of the X. The Cross X or... Yeah, Crossfire. No. Yeah, Crossfire. Yeah, it's Crossfire. The Crossfire? Yeah, uh, the, it's a okay. multiplayer game. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I would so, have, I would have said yes, until control happened. Control has mm-hmm. been big enough that I think they'll fend off and try to go stay on their own course for a while. Sure, and they have a pretty great deal with the, uh, um, I think that they have some sort of partnership with with Epic, um, I think from like a Epic Game Studio front because Epic sunk a ton of money into people that are willing to put games on their 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 PC store. Uh, so not only are they paying money to put the games on the store, I got control for free from the Epic Game Store. See, there you go. Yeah. Just so, just to just to show up. 
yep. just to be a part of their ecosystem and their community. Yep. So, um, yeah, we we uh, it, it will be they might they they might be able to stay independent. They might be maybe yeah, but then again, uh, money bags Microsoft might go. Mm-mm, we need single player games, and we got the money. <laughs> so. The thing is, you know, with both of the recent acquisitions, recent, you know, I mean, Bethesda was a year ago. Um, I don't know if they really have a, a single player problem anymore, especially with Bethesda. That was a ton of single player games. I, um, I they basically own every Western RPG studio besides CD Projekt. So I'm going to disagree with you on one, only one factor here. Mm-hmm. They are still missing the single player cinematic story series this uh, yeah true but that's also i mean playstation kind of has the uh the i don't want to say the monopoly on it but i mean that's kind of what we when you think of a playstation game that's what you think of right right but third person adventure action adventure game you know microsoft older microsoft's gonna want to change that perception because they they don't want it to be synonymous with Sony. It doesn't have to be synonymous with Microsoft. It just doesn't. Sure. It just has to stop being synonymous with Sony. And I think they're gonna. I mean, make... They they're gonna try. I mean, they are bringing Perfect Dark back. <clears throat> I think that's gonna be more shootery and, and less cinematic. I, sure. What's weird about that game is it's basically being made by Crystal Dynamics, yeah, which is a Square Enix studio. But yeah, who has a lot to prove after Avengers? True. However, I mean, if they're making a single player game, I mean, I've played the the Tomb Raider reboots. Um, but Perfect Dark was, is not a single the, the, player game. It is known for its for uh, its multiplayer. Really? All right. Well, then it, I mean, it was your, your, it point, was your point still stands then. It was the sequel to Goldeneye. It's you can still play Perfect Dark on the Xbox with some of the original Goldeneye levels, like the facility. Mm. I guess I didn't realize Perfect Dark is a rare game. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I guess that makes sense. Fair. Well, then, um, I mean, the closest thing they've ever had to that was Remedy, right? When they were making, you know, I, Alan Wake. I, I, I would stuff for them. I would say the closest now is Double Fine because Psychonauts Two came very close to that. I feel. Yeah, it still feels like, and and and, I mean, I. I'm not saying this to belittle the game. I'm really not, but we're talking it, perceptions. It here. doesn't have the polish and level like Ratchet and Clank. Exactly. Yeah. It's still it's still in many people's eyes is gonna be looked on as, well, that looks like an indie game. I know it's not. Obviously, it's owned by I mean, they're owned by Microsoft now. They got right. Microsoft money. Right. But that perception's gonna yep. is still going to be there. Yep. <clears throat> well, on that note. We'll kind of see what's going on this year, but I think that's a good point to call it tonight. Chris? It's late. So. Yeah, it's late. <laughs> We've already been going for close to an hour and a half. <laughs> Chris, I appreciate you being on today. Uh, listeners, let us know. Who do you think is next up uh, for a purchase? Who thinks going to be... Who's not done this year? You do, or do you think it's all done? We're, we're going to wipe our hands of it. I don't think that's happening. No, I mean... Jim Ryan said after they bought uh, Bungie, there will be more. Yep. And I mean, Microsoft says that every time they buy somebody too, so. Yep. So. Matter of time. 
Yep. So we'll have to keep waiting that. But in the meantime, game on.